Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Leading Through Unprecedented Times. And with me today is a nationally distinguished principal from Minnesota, the Jessica Kabeen. Jessica, how you doing? Can you give our, um, our audience just a little bit of an intro, who you are, where you're from, and the work that you do? Well, thanks. And Tom, thanks for letting me be here. It's, it's always fun to, to see you and to be a part of the work that you're doing and sharing across the nation. So uh, I'm Jessica Gabine and currently principaling uh, in my basement um, at home. Um, when I'm not in quarantine or pandemic, I have the pleasure of being the principal at Ellis Middle School in Austin, Minnesota, which is a 7-8 building of 800 students uh, that just it's incredible. It's incredible work and I love um, leading and miss right now I'm just really missing seeing people and seeing our community um, face to face but completely understand the circumstances we're in and and just grateful to have this opportunity to connect with you today and hopefully share some things that help others. Well Jess I know you're also a mom and so I'm feeling for your kids right now because <laughs> they're quarantined with the principal right? Yes. I know my son's a seventh grader and yesterday I tried to get into the Zoom call with his um, algebra class just to say hi to children and he was like, mm-mm. Yeah, my mom, high schooler, not he's like, mom. You, like not yell at me so much right now. I'm like, but I just, I have so much energy that I can't use. So I'm just giving a lot of love to the two at home. Yeah, those poor kids quarantined with the principal. They've got, they've got no chance of getting away with anything, right? So Jess, one of the things I love about your work, your positivity, the way that the, the, your work just radiates through you. And so, you know, obviously in this pandemic, there's so many stressors out there. What is something in our world right now that is giving you hope? I just, I have been so impressed and honored to be an educator in this time uh, in watching social media and that people are just doing the best with what they have. And I've been, for the last year or so, I, I've been concerned because I see so much negativity when it comes around teaching and education and, and people just jump to conclusions and make statements that they don't have all the information for. When all this started to come out, all I saw was just grace and care and compassion parents being really supportive, teachers putting themselves out there to anybody saying, hey, these are the areas I'm, I, I excel at. I can help your kid. Uh, teachers are really reaching above and beyond to try to connect with kids right now. And uh, the parents here in Austin, Minnesota are just fantastic. They know that we were challenged to do something in a really short amount of time. And they've been super supportive as we've tried a few things and some things don't work and we try again. So I just the hope that I've been given is just the, the grace that I've seen um, through social media and through contacts with families that they just really, really believe in our educators and the work that we do. Yeah, if teachers don't get dozens and dozens of thank you cards after all this is over and recognizing the incredible work they're doing every day, um, I, I, I'm guessing we're not going to see too many parents questioning a summer off or questioning, you know, those kinds of things because they are working incredibly hard. You know, Jess, you're somebody that, here it is, somebody could look in and say, well, that's Jessica Cabine. She's a nationally distinguished principal. She must have this all together. But Jess, I also know that you're just real. Talk to us about some of the obstacles that you've had in your building, connecting with your community. Obviously, we've asked educators to transform what they do literally overnight in some cases. So what are the, some of the biggest obstacles you're seeing in your community or even in your state? But then how are you all working to overcome those? Uh, great question. And Tom, you know I'm not going to get through uh, interviewed without talking about my favorite 
product in the world, which is spam. So one thing in Austin, Minnesota that we're famous for is we're- By the, the way, time out. Everybody in the podcast just said, did she just say spam? I did. Like in my email? Like, what are we talking about no, there? So talk to, what, what, why in the, how in the world does that come out? Is, is spam your biggest obstacle? Talk, what do you mean by that? So it's that fabulous canned meat product, but we are the world headquarters of Hormel. And so being a small rural community, we have over 30 different languages represented within our school. And that means we have families with really diverse backgrounds and their own education may have looked very differently than what their children are experiencing. So right away when this came out, my heart just goes out to families that are not only learning how to do school here at home, but learning how to do school when English isn't their primary language, learning how to do school when maybe they didn't experience school that way themselves, and now learning how to do school with a device, a laptop at home. And so, one of the things that I don't do very well and I don't like to do is um, little like Instagram videos of myself. Like, so I learned really quickly that right now I'm not going to be perfect in these videos, but I'm going to be purposeful. And so we've been really grateful to have our success coach um, who's currently still in Bolivia. She's stuck down there, but we do Zoom um, parent meetings. And so I'll say, some information and then she'll translate it into Spanish and then we put it in YouTube and then we send it out for our families so they can have access to information real time from the principal. And granted, it's in my basement office here, you know, who knows what my hair looks like, but what it is is just telling parents that we care about you, we care about your kids, we want to make sure that you're safe first. And then here's some guiding practices. You know, a lot of times um, in middle school, middle schoolers, whether or not English is your, your back, your home language or not, you're gonna tell parents some stories that may not be true. And so a lot of these weekly updates with parents is debunking some of the things the kids are telling them. Like, oh, I don't have to do math for the next month. Nope, nope, that wasn't translated anywhere in a seventh grade mind. Or you know, letting parents know it's okay to actually have your middle schooler help your elementary child with their homework. That's fine. And that's actually really great empathy and social emotional learning. And so learning how to make sure that when we're conveying a message that we're trying to reach as many families as possible has been a challenge, but um, just so grateful. The governor in Minnesota has really embraced the equity around all of this work. And, and the commissioner of education here in Minnesota is just really focusing on equity and access and then getting the education under control and, and working through all of that. Yeah. One of the things that you said that really struck me was this idea of purposeful before perfect. And I really think educators um, quite often are perfectionists and they want it to be right the first time and they want that lesson plan to go exactly as planned. And, you know, and I say that with the utmost respect because they have high expectations for themselves and for other people but now's not the time to try and be perfect. And I love that, purposeful before perfect. You know, Jess, you just brought up this idea around equity and core to future ready schools in our work is around equity being that core tenant, whether it's for our students most at risk for financial needs, maybe it's traditionally marginalized groups and students of color. You know, what does that look like? And you gave a shout out to your state and that's certainly great to hear, but how are you focused as a principal or even as a district on that idea of equity and access or even equity and opportunity and what that could look like. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I just, I have to shout out to is um, Ms. Wagner is a special education teacher here in our building. And I look forward to her, she messages me the screenshots of um, 
her students in class and she's with our most profound disabled students and she's got PCAs and parents, people being able to help them um, engage in learning and looking differently. And a lot of times it's just connecting and maybe doing a cooking lesson or doing some math at home with basic um, utensils. But it's been so fun to see her access her students and the teachers, I mean, there's incredible teachers all over the world right now, but Ellis Middle School, above and beyond. I mean, I'm getting messages from teachers, hey, I got a hold of so-and-so on this number, you know, and hey, this kid needs a power charger, how can we get it to them? And hey, this student needs help with this, or how can we connect their siblings with these things? Above and beyond. And there's just no obstacle or barrier. I, I was so impressed um, with the numbers. I think we had under 20 kids who didn't access technology the first week of our deployment of distance learning out of 800 kids. And those 20 kids have success coaches after them. They have counselors. They have a team of teachers just relentlessly finding ways to gain that access to make sure that they're successful. It just, it gets me a little bit emotional, but um, it's incredible educators doing their work. Yeah, and Jess, what I love is every one of the scenarios that you just gave and examples that you just gave were teachers advocating for their kids. And one of the things we know is the best educators are relentless advocates in their work. But I wanna talk for a moment about fear. You know, Jess, we look at, just look at across our country, people are scared. You know, your teachers are scared, your kids are scared. We, many of our, our principals are dealing with families that, you know, are, are in the pandemic and have COVID-19 and, you know, that's a whole other level of stress that, that's at home and trying to work through that. So as a leader, how do you deal with fear in, in your own world and but at many times you're looked to be that that person that's going to be calm and just say hey we're going to work through this but yet you're probably battling your own fears that you see in the news or with your own family or whatever the case might be so as an educational leader how do you work to overcome fear at a time where fear is just so rampant in our world absolutely and um i think you know just to be very vulnerable in this moment um, Tom, as you know, we have our youngest son is adopted from Ethiopia and, and our family plan was to go this summer to see mom and that's not going to happen. Not only is that trip not going to happen, but we have worries every day. Is, is she okay? Is she healthy? And lack of communication and, and um, there's a larger Sudanese and Ethiopian community here in Austin and I know they're experiencing the same things with their loved ones. And so just being... Um, I think being a leader is being authentic in who you are. And that was one of the first things I said to the staff is that we're dealing with some loss right now in our own family. And I'm going to need a little bit of grace in navigating this world and just saying, you know, right now I'm going to focus on exactly what I have to get done and some things aren't going to happen. And I think you have to give yourself permission that you have to take care of yourself first so you can be the best educator, parent, um, person in this season and then start to work on just the little things that you can do in one step at a time. Um, I think finding people that you can reach out to when you just wanna retreat is essential. So being so isolated can be um, difficult for people, especially if you struggle with depression or anxiety or, or other things that maybe being in a school building all day fills you up and now sitting next to your dusty Peloton bike is not helping you out right now. Um, so we do like daily check-ins and so the teachers fill out a form every day and just we ask like a probing question just to get a check-in and then I email them back um, and that fills me up too is just connecting with other people and knowing we're not in this alone but I think as a school leader being transparent with your own fears 
helps teachers to know, oh, they don't all have it together, but they, but they're being honest and they're learning how to work through this. Yeah, thank you for your own vulnerability in that regard there too. And I think, you know, I think it is important that we recognize there's grieving here happening. And I'm not just talking about for the loss of a loved one, of course, there, but you know, your vulnerability and sharing a trip that I'm sure you've looked look forward to and your sons look forward to for so long in that grieving process. You know, my heart was really going out to our seniors right now who are questioning, do I get to walk across the stage or you know, I, I'm gonna miss my senior baseball season or whatever that may be. And in the life of a 17 year old or 18 year old, that can really be everything. And so, you know, those the acknowledging it, being authentic and just being real. And I really, really admire your work there. Just, I want to ask you another question. You know, you're, you're also an author and you wrote a book on balance and kind of taking care of ourselves that now, but I will tell you, this is really, really hard in the midst of a crisis. Here you are as a principal, you are working round the clock. You are taking care of your people. You are taking care of your kids. You're doing everything you can especially for your most vulnerable students and working around the clock for them. What advice do you have as an author in this space as well on balance? What advice do you have and how are you taking care of yourself in this process? But how can educators take care of themselves, whether it's superintendents, principals, teachers, whatever role that they serve in, especially in the midst of a pandemic? Absolutely. And it was a really good reflective tool in our mastermind a couple weeks ago is I knew I was, I was running this as a sprint and it was, it was turning into a marathon. And so, you know, at the beginning of the school year, those first couple of weeks, you may put a few more hours in and then you can kind of taper off. Well, this is a whole nother first week of school for us. And, and the end isn't in sight for many of us until June. And so the first thing I really focused on that's really helpful for me is I created an ideal week. And so I took a look at my week as a whole on a spreadsheet and Danny Bauer has been a, a great coach of mine with this. And I said, okay, what do I, what do I absolutely need to do for myself to be successful this week? What do I need to do for my family to be successful this week? And what do I need to do for my school? And so by prioritizing self first family and then school really helped because then you put those priorities first on the calendar. So exercising every day went on the calendar for me eating lunch with my boys every day is on the calendar for me. And then um, for week one, it was really establishing routines and supports for teachers and starting to look at the master schedule for next year. And so once I put those blocks on my calendar and I held myself accountable to those, at the end of the day, I could walk away from the computer saying, okay, I got something done today for myself, my family, and my school community. Another thing too I would just add is I love these things, but I also hate these things. And just because phones and technology is on 24 seven, doesn't mean we're required to. And especially in this distance digital learning phase, it is okay to take the, shut these off and to walk away from them. I've learned how to snooze my email at night and put a little out of office that just says, I'm gonna be spending time with my family. I'll respond to emails in the morning. And they're still there. Usually what was important at eight at night is, you know, can be handled at 10 in the morning. And staff knows that they need me, they can call me. But taking breaks and pauses from this technology, especially when we're, a lot of us are sitting in front of screens way more than we're used to, is gonna be essential for your long-term mental health and physical well-being. 
So well said and such great advice weighing in there. Thank you for sharing that. You know, just a couple of final questions here. You are somebody and you've already done it throughout this show that you are constantly talking about your people, your building, how proud you are. Um, what is it right now, if we had to narrow down to something that you would say is one of your biggest pride points in your school, in your community that your staff's doing? Talk to us. What are you most proud of right now? Just educators showing up. We have um, department meetings, staff meetings, leadership meetings, and it's been so fun to be able to see the personal side of all of us because now we're all in our houses, our kids might fly by us. One day we had a fur baby celebration, so we all put our new dogs up in the screens. And so the, the innovative risk-taking abilities of teachers where we just ask them to just all of a sudden within seven days completely change what they had been doing and the fact that they're celebrating those successes just makes me so proud. And just every day, I, now that I can't pull into my parking spot, but when I do, I just, I am just blessed beyond measure to work with the staff at Ellis Middle School. They're just amazing people. That's awesome, Jess. And one final question for you. You know, right now we've got educators that are paralyzed by fear and we've got educators that are off and running and making the best of this and having great opportunities for if you were to speak to the entire spectrum of educators out there what's one piece of advice that you would have for them you are doing the best with what you have be careful to compare yourself to others right now celebrate other people's successes and what they're doing but just remember that you're doing exactly what you're called to do right now and the work you're doing is important and valuable and just hold on to that right now in this season. So, so good. Jessica Cabine, everybody, thank you for being here. Thanks for your time and keep leading the way. Thank you.